1: Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where my ex-cop dad and I just sort of shoot the shit. And dad, let's not dick around. Let's be perfectly honest. This morning at some ungodly hour, you sent me a fantastic tip for a story that I didn't actually know about. But can I just start with a bit of an anecdote? Yes. Okay. So Tegan and I frequently wander around the uh, botanic gardens here in Melbourne. And one of the problems with this place is that after a bit of a, uh, like a wet patch, after it rains, mushrooms grow in incredible quantities and they grow in clusters. And at one point a couple of years back, uh, there were signs everywhere going, Please do not. Do not. Forage for mushrooms here Because death cap mushrooms Are in They're in abundance And mm. they will kill you mm. And there were A couple of um There was an old dude Dressed as a wizard Picking mushrooms I'm not kidding He was dressed in Almost a full Gandalf uh, Outfit And he was picking mushrooms And putting them Into a little satchel Now Whether Gandalf survived or not I do not know But I will say this This morning You sent me a lead To a story Which we By the way Parenthetically Are not making light of This is deeply tragic And strange But But The police are investigating a poisoning that happened, which left three people dead, one person in critical condition. Um, This happened in Leongatha on the 29th of July. Dad, would you like to walk myself and the listeners through what has happened and why this caught your attention? Okay, well, firstly, um, Mm.
0: it opens a veritable Pandora's box, this story. Yes. Because... um, when you mentioned earlier on about the wet patch, mm-hmm. does that mean that if you had a like a, a wet patch in your underpants, mushrooms would grow?
1: I'm gonna guess you would need to have some uh, some sodden earth or something else down there to kind of well, start the process off, you know?
0: There's there's fertilizer, got all the ingredients.
1: Okay, okay.
0: For underpants <laughs> mushies. Okay. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but Paul, can I just oh, at this job? At this point, oh you know, you know that I mean. You obviously know because you actually live uh, close by to those beautiful markets, and we don't have <laughs> anything like the markets you've got in Melbourne, in Sydney. In Crown Markets, that's yeah, a yeah. fact. Yeah, but they have got a mushroom store there. Mm, yes, that sells a variety. I have never seen so many varieties mm. ever in my entire life. There, there are mushrooms there that. Quite frankly, some of them look as though they've come from another planet. Now, clearly, it's... I mean, people love mushrooms. In fact, Paul, one of your signature dishes has mushrooms. You cooked it for us.
1: Yeah, I get uh, oyster mushrooms, which is... Again, Dad's referring to the... There is a mushroom seller over at Pran Market in... uh... In Paran, in, uh, in Melbourne, uh, on the south side of the Yarra, It is a beautiful market, but also the mushrooms that are grown there. He's not kidding. You'll see lion's mane and all these other mushrooms Incredible. in all these very strange colors. And mm. let me tell you something. Oyster mushrooms just seared in brown butter with some rosemary and oh, some rock mate, I'm salt salivating also. already.
0: But yeah. look, can we just go back and let's wind back the hands of time to when I was a young boy uh-huh. living in Armidale. Mm-hmm. My parents, they... On Sunday mornings, now they must have had a knowledge. It's not a secret knowledge. It's not like a wizard's knowledge. And when you say that that man in the garden, the botanic gardens in Melbourne, was dressed as a wizard, well, I, I, I think it's fair to say that it was it's a possible that he was a wizard because there are okay. wizards out there. Now
1: he did, he did, uh, he did um, speak a strange cantrip and then disappear in a puff of smoke. Or well, maybe so he was, been... maybe he was maybe
0: tripping he was on there. magic mushies.
1: Or a warlock, or something. Yep. Uh, okay, so so, yes. so
0: my parents, <clears throat> they used to take us for long drives out into a place called the Pine Forest, which is north of Armidale, mm-hmm. and we would go foraging for, you guessed it, mushrooms. Really? Yeah, and I remember um, we'd all go out. It was just, it was thrilling. It was it was better. It was more fun than looking for Easter eggs in Holland because in Holland, they don't do chocolate Easter eggs. They, in fact, it's such an anticlimax. I remember when I was in Holland, just bear with me, just go with this. Mm-hmm. We used to go, they used to get boiled eggs and stencil them, whoopee effing do, and then hide these stupid boiled eggs all over the place. And we'd go out looking for... And I just gave up. I thought, this is a joke. Who wants to find a boiled egg with some drawings on it? That's the Dutch idea of fun at Easter. But I think my father, what he did, he sort of transferred that that sort of Dutch uh, tradition mm-hmm. to a, a tradition of going hunting for mushrooms. And I remember as a kid, you know, when we found mushrooms... And might I say, as a five or six-year-old, to me at the time, with a basic sort of intelligence, mm. um, it was it was a no-brainer as to what was safe to pick. Okay, I mean, mum and dad would show us; uh, they'd sort of give us an example of what we were to look for, and anything else. I mean, there there are there are toadstools out there that when you squeeze them they just they blow up basically and these micro spores just burst into the air. I mean you don't need to be a scientist to know that if you inhale these spores pretty weird things are going to happen to you On and sort of there, there is a spectrum from one to Ten being you die. Mm-hmm. One being you know, very, very minor effects and everything in between. But a person that goes and gets mushrooms, serves mushrooms. Now, these mushrooms, might I say, because it's important to know that these were not in season, the fatal mushroom. Okay. And it's, it's, it's a real mystery. It's a conundrum. And I was lying in bed this morning... We often talk about the perfect crime. Mm -hmm. And who's to say that this is not an excellent way to kill people? You simply have some friends, family, people you do like, people you don't like. Have them over for for a Sunday meal. You serve the mushrooms, and I guess at the time they taste okay. Mm -hmm. And then people start popping off. Uh it's it's a bit of a it's the sort of lunch that I'm glad I didn't go to. But yes. of course the police they've got three dead people, one person in critical condition in hospital, but the person that organized the luncheon mm. I guess from a police perspective slightly problematic is the fact that she and her
1: children mm. um survived. Let me just quickly read from The Guardian just to mm. kind of give us a bit of a summary. So, a woman who allegedly cooked the suspected poisoned mushroom lunch that killed three people and left another in hospital fighting for life has professed her innocence. Homicide-scored detectives are continuing to investigate how four guests became ill after attending a lunch at a Lee and Gatha home in Victoria's East on 29 July. One of the guests, 66-year-old Heather Wilkinson, died in hospital on Friday. Her husband, 68-year-old Baptist church pastor Ian Wilkinson, remained in a critical condition at the Austin Hospital on Monday afternoon. Heather Wilkinson's sister, Gail Patterson, 70, and brother-in-law, Don Patterson, 70, have also died in hospital. The Patterson's daughter-in-law, who police say cooked the meal at her home but did not become ill, has been interviewed by investigators. She was released without charge, but police said she remains a suspect. Outside her Lee and Gatha home on Monday, the woman said she did not know what happened. I didn't do anything, she told reporters. I love them and I'm devastated they are gone. She declined to answer questions about what meals were served to which guests or the origin of the mushrooms. De- Detective Inspector Dean Thomas said the woman was separated from her husband, but police have been told their relationship is amicable. Uh, and yeah, death cap mushrooms. That's the symptoms that uh, they exhibited. And those are the mushrooms she... It looks like she may have cooked... Uh, this story is getting a little interesting because a little bit more current, Dad. Police seek CCTV footage from Tip Hmm. as Poisonous Mushroom Investigation rolls on. So they headed back to South Gippsland on a tip uh, and they've headed to... (sighs) Hang on a sec. The cracking yarn, Paul. By the way, I, I made it sound like they headed back there because they received a tip. That's not what I meant. They've gone to a tip. To a tip, um, based on a to tip. Get, to get the food dehydrator. Yeah, it's a was tip. Apparently... They've, yeah,
0: they've gone to the tip based on a tip. It's a tip That's tip. That's one of the beautiful things about the English language. As it was in a skip as well. Okay, well, they could skip to the tip based on a tip. On a, it was a tip, tip, skip. Um, but, Paul... Yeah. Christine, this morning, and Christine is a wise woman, as mm. everyone probably knows. Mm. How she puts up with me is absolutely beyond me. But amphetamines,
1: I'm guessing yeah. some sort of sedative. Yeah.
0: But Paul and listeners, I'm going to sort of be contrarian here. Uh, people are saying, people are definitely surmising that this piece of equipment that they that they found at the tip it's a it's a a drying, in, you know, you know how they dry food, Paul.
1: It's a dehydrator. You put things in it. Takes the moisture
0: out. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <clears throat> and people are jumping to a conclusion that she was in fact getting rid of uh, a piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I see it differently, and I'm thinking, if I had just cooked a meal that had killed three people, yeah, I would be just pretty pretty upset with what I'd done, assuming it's an accident, and I'd get rid of the machine. So taking the machine to the tip is simply a way of, um, I say possibly a way of just getting rid of something that you're no longer happy with, because obviously she's not going to, if it was an accident, she's not going to continue to serve dried mushrooms. Here's because, my question, Dad. Mm. Why
1: drive it? Why drive it to the tip, right? Well, if it was outside, the, if you just chucked it next to hard rubbish outside the back of the house or whatever, driving it to the tip seems like a fairly... Fam- Look again. Okay. Hey, everyone. F- few, oh wait, wait, a few quick caveats, everybody. First of all, uh, this is deeply tragic. We are not mm. making fun of any of this stuff. Secondly, it's ongoing, so we're not saying we know anything or not. This is literally just a loose ends where we've gotten. So th- this stuff's ongoing, it's local, it's really strange and it's very interesting. Hmm. It is like I said tragic. So please don't think that we are making light of no, this. I just but, wanted to but, chuck that out there. But
0: Paul in a yep. country town, mm. one of the highlights if you're living in a tiny country town is to go to the tip. So she's combined a a jaunty trip to the tip and thought well while I'm going to the tip because it's going to be fun, you know, taking in the the scenery. And who knows, maybe she had lots of other stuff too. So these are some of the more subtle parts to this story. It may not have just been dumping this particular object. Okay, And maybe it's a big thing, this, this, this dryer, humidifier type thing. Maybe it was too big for the garbage tin. I don't know. Maybe it's a country town where they have those tiny little bins. Not like in the city where we have the big wheelie bins. Mm-hmm. There are so many things to consider. Uh, so... I look, I have seen her interviewed. Again, I draw attention mm-hmm. to people are making a big fuss about, oh, yes, she refused to answer certain questions. Well, I, on this particular issue, listeners, why on earth would you be answering questions asked by a journalist, sound guy and cameraman on your property? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what why why you don't have to answer questions to and and that's that's problematic in today's society if you don't answer a question if you turn your back on the camera crew or all of a sudden that makes you guilty um, also
1: there's a litany of different outlets i mean this isn't the bbc news but also you know outlets like sky news and news.com.au and all these other outlets who are not Generally known for their journalistic integrity or objecti- objectivity. So you do have... You're, you're not just getting journalists is what I'm saying. You're getting tabloids. And when you get a tabloid pestering you and you turn your back on them, that is what I regard as a perfectly reasonable response. So I mm. agree with you, Dad. Mm. But um, it's ne- so yeah. it's, look, It says it's ne- here... Sorry. It says here, all four suffered symptoms consistent with the indigestion of death cat poison mushrooms. Gastro-like illness, nausea, stomach pain, and uh, liver damage. Now, the pasta...
0: And save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I wanna tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. People,
0: now, now to be sh- to, to be to confirm to the listeners, you're not talking about edible pasta here, are you?
1: No, because if they didn't pass her, I think they'd be okay. Mm. Uh, I think. Sorry, bad joke. I think the problem here is that he actually had health concerns uh, over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, he was in an induced coma for 16 days, and he was in intensive care. He had to go through rehab, and um, I'm very curious as to whether he's going to pull through. I, um, here we go. I'm just gonna. Erin Patterson told the media on Tuesday she was going shithouse. What happened is devastating and I'm grieving too. There is something so refreshingly honest and Australian about that phrase. Uh, I really, really hope um, that they get some answers here. But at the same time, on okay, there's really only two versions of this. One, it's completely accidental yep. and unfathomably tragic. You know how incredibly tragic it would be to prepare a meal for somebody and for that meal to uh, kill them and that's so tragic
0: I I concur Paul but then one has to ask oneself yeah uh, and and there's obviously a simple answer to this point that I'm going to put forward to you Mm -hmm. but one on the initial sort of overview when you take into consideration all of the facts available to us which are fairly scant um, you know did she not like mushrooms it seems perhaps a little odd that she goes foraging or has these these mushrooms mm-hmm. in storage. She's, she's gone through the whole big process of of drying them out. It's quite a quite a process. One would probably ask oneself, um, you know, I'm playing. I'm sort of looking at it from both perspectives. I guess one could say, look, I know it's poison. That's why I'm not going to eat it. But I'm going to give it to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems odd that you prepare a big meal and you don't partake of that particular part of it as I say quite possible that you just don't eat mushrooms uh, but you know that all your family do I don't know how it was served I don't know whether it was served sort of subtly sort of camouflaged within a larger array of of the ingredients Whereby it was not known to the recipients that they were actually consuming mushrooms. Was it sort of like a herb? And I guess also, Paul, you know, was. So if it's. It just seems crazy. I know this. Look, I've seen the woman being interviewed, and it just seems the most extraordinary thing to do to murder that many people. Mm. So. So, obviously, but, but perhaps it's so clever. In it's it's so clever because it's food poisoning.
1: Why didn't her kids eat the mushrooms?
0: That's a great question. I don't know.
1: Just a question. Yeah, Just but were, question. You know, were they all seated at the same table? I don't know. I mean, really, I know they're looking for CCTV. I'm very curious as to what they... I mean, look, if you get CCTV footage and you see her looking around furtively, dumping the the... In the tip, and then like getting away out of there quickly while giving a thumb. Like I don't know what they hope to see. Maybe God, who knows? I will read this um, from a food safety website, a food safety government website, regarding death cap mushrooms, because mm. I was curious as to whether you could. You know how some foods are poisonous unless you. This isn't fucking fugu. This is not a delicacy that sometimes kills you and other times is delicious. Maybe right? you this can tell the listeners about fugu, Paul. Right. So fugu is the uh, is the puffer fish, and it has a poison in it called tetradoxin, which pretty it kills you. You can go to certain places in Japan and they will prepare it for you, but they also basically say this might kill you, dude. Mm. This might actually kill you. It is yeah. apparently an incredible delicacy. There was a great article from a journalist in the New Yorker who actually wrote an editorial about what it was like to find the secret chef and go down the secret alleyway and sign the waiver and then basically just roll the dice mm. and just go for it. But regarding Death cap Mushrooms... Here is a small caveat at the end of a health warning They can't be made safe Some misguided wisdom may indicate that peeling Or even cooking the death cap mushrooms Will make them safe to eat However, this is not true No matter what you do to them They are never safe to eat and can be fatal Can be fatal, not guaranteed Mushroom poisoning is especially fatal to children The elderly And that certainly applies in this case Yep, yep or those who are already ill. And again, that does also apply in this case. No matter what, do not pick and consume a mushroom of any type unless you blah, 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 blah. Okay. Here is what I will say, Dad. If you, if you, let's say, I'm not saying this is what happened. I cannot stress that enough. I'm saying that if I was writing a story based on this, mm. right? If this was an episode of Elementary and I was writing... By the way, there is an episode of Elementary um, that starts with a group of people... Doing a guided LSD uh, trip where they drink the like steeped magic mushroom water and they kind of it's like ayahuasca or something and you've got a professor who's an expert in LSD and uh, he goes upstairs to you know brew the tea and he comes down and says and they're all frothing at the mouth and dying it turns out somebody's actually subbed in I think the guy even put death cap mushrooms in and that's the sort of murder weapon Mm. and I think what was interesting about this plot was it was plausible deniability. But what this guy was doing was he actually only wanted one of the people dead, but the only way to make it look plausible was to kill mm. them all so it looked yeah. like a mass poisoning, Brilliant. right? If you if you, if you if you only target one person, it becomes obvious that you were trying to target that person. Now, mm. if I was writing a script based on this, a completely fictional script, and let's say you had a beef with the pastor, right? Mm. Because, and you knew that the pastor had little problems. Opposed, you knew, as opposed to as beef opposed and to pasta. The, Yes, which would be more of a stroganoff deal. And again, True. you can you can sub out the beef with mushrooms in this case. Yep. It really is starting to sound like we're making light of this. We are absolutely not. In this fictionalized version, what you would do is you would go, okay, so I know that the pastor has uh, very poor health, liver problems. I know that he is therefore susceptible to things like, uh, you know, Poisoning. So, what I'll do is I'll put a little bit of death cap in there. I'll say it's an accident. Everyone else here is pretty robust, pretty healthy. They should be okay because it doesn't always kill you. He will definitely die. Mm. But then, in the scripting process, what you do is you just have it so that it actually kills everyone else and the past is okay. Mm. Um, f- because sometimes, maybe. Look, I'm just—I'm okay. the reason people are talking about this all across all these different outlets, and the reason people are online buzzing about it is not because they are celebrating the death and illness of people, although I'm sure some are. We are certainly not. It's mm. because it has all the hallmarks of a fucking Agatha Christie novel. Oh, I agree, right? Paul.
0: Like it, I agree. But Paul, yeah. if I was investigating, if I was on the team of investigators like the Long Island architect serial killer that yes. we that we're concluding next week episode 4 going mm-hmm. into the in, drilling into the forensic side of things paul one of the things about all crimes in say the last 10 years and i if i was on this particular case the mushroom case i would be looking at her google searches I'd go, I'd, I'd go deep, and find out whether she's doing any, has done any research on the mushroom, because that to me would be very, very strong.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Um, yes.
0: Circumstantial evidence. You would then say to her, "Can you please explain during a record of interview, you know why?" And you'd have it, you'd have the list in front of you. Or, or, or if you were a very good, skilled uh, investigator, you would interrogate it. You would. Get her to plausibly deny that she's ever searched anything, knowing that she had. Then, once you've got her denial, you've mm-hmm. then proven uh,
1: that, yes. that
0: she's a liar, and then you hit her with it, which is what they do in court. Yeah. Look, we we are going down the rabbit
1: hole, uh, and it's interesting, though, isn't it? It's I mean, it's it's very rare that you get a. I don't celebrate the outcomes of these crimes. No, 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 look, look, it's just. I just... Yeah, it's just Look, interesting. It's but, just interesting. Yeah, agree. And and can you
0: imagine being a rabbit out there? Here we go. And coming out of your burrow, yeah. And seeing, yeah, some of these little toadies sitting up there. I think that you'd avoid them. I think uh, rabbits are pretty switched on, what? particularly Bugs Bunny. So uh, I rest my case.
1: I, I don't know how in all good conscience you can possibly rest your case after that. Um, it's nice to
0: bring good. some brevity and jocularity into our podcast occasionally.
1: Jocularity, uh, jocularity. Uh, I think... Uh, I, <laughs> I think it's good. I, look, it's it's I also, good for me. It's good for my mental state. Can I just close out by saying something, Dad? So yesterday I received in the mail... Um, several copies of my very first Big finished box set the physical actual physical copies of the CD box set and I've got one for you for you and mum so I'm going to how exciting um, we don't have a CD player no I know but I think it's a good keepsake now oh, promise good. me you won't promise me you won't throw it away or sell it no I'd never throw it away you'd sell it for money hmm.
0: um <laughs> I yes uh, can we finish up with a with a bit of a, a very quick quick antique story Absolutely. Very quick. Yes. I've been dealing in antiques for a long time as the listeners know. I believe you, me listeners, I've made some I've had some great finds, but I've also made some I've made some blunders. And there's a very famous Roll Dahl story. But well, actually it's not a famous roll dahl story. It's a very obscure roll dahl story. It's a short story about an antique dealer of some repute from London. Now, It's, it's a fictitious story, listeners. And he's travelling around the countryside in England in the 1950s. He's got a small vehicle. He pulls up into this quaint village and he sees what he believes is this missing, uh, like a desk. And he, and he, he recognised it. It had come from this extraordinary uh royal collection Mm -hmm. and it had been it had just vanished and he realized that what he had was this priceless desk and it was only 250 pounds he walks into the shop and of course he's not going to tell the owner of this little antique shop in the middle of nowhere you know what he's got and the fact that it's incredibly underpriced so he kind of he's a bit a bit cagey but he realizes that the desk will not fit in his car. So he says to the he doesn't say to the he just says to the the shop owner look it's it's not going to fit but I'll come back tomorrow. So the antique dealer goes off and he gets a bigger car like a van he comes mm-hmm. back the next day to pick up the desk. Yeah. And the owner of the desk, you know, the owner of the little shop in the middle of nowhere in this quaint little English village has, yeah. has cut the desk in two. And the reason he cut it in two was, was he thought, because it's not a valuable desk, of course, he would be able to fit it in his little car. Of course, the guy's rocked up the next day in a big van the desk is now ruined. Now, I'm telling that story because as an antique dealer, I have been in situations where I've seen something extraordinary Mm -hmm. and the listeners may or may not know uh, that, well, look, I was at this estate a few days ago and there was something that I thought was very exciting and I didn't want to draw too much attention to it. And there lies the problem with what I do. I was incredibly excited I even woke up at three in the morning and did research on this particular item then I got the item home and I heated up a knife and I put the knife into it and it it just melted and it was pl- it turns out this thing that I thought was made of bone <laughs> is made of plastic oh my god yeah I'm it's so depressing I was so almost I was I was devastated. Not only did I buy this thing that I thought was bone and it turned out to be plastic and pretty pretty useless, pretty worthless, mm-hmm. might I say, but I also went to another estate that I'd been working on for four months. Yeah, I took a photograph of the probably 30 or 40 items on this table. Four months later, I get the call. Uh, the, the family said, look, no one's been back to the estate. I then brought my, all my boxes, my trolleys, The weather was inclement. It was a big drama. I got everything out. I went to my storeroom. I unpacked everything. And to my horror, one of the items was gone. It was not there. And what happened was, is that the family uh, decided, for whatever reason, to take this one item. And that one item was the profit in this whole estate. So I wrote to them. And as I'm sitting here talking to you, Paul, this morning... A parcel yeah. is arriving, and the family have because I we we had a lot of toing and froing, yeah, uh, and it was fairly intense. But the family have acknowledged uh, the mistake; they say, mm-hmm. and yep. I'm getting the vase back. So that's a uh, you
1: know, it's your yeah. Your job seems um, pretty stressful at times. Not at obviously times. not 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 police level stressful. No, but pretty stressful. No. Yeah. So I just thought
0: I'd share that with the listeners uh, to let everyone know that. You know, we all make mistakes. Uh, Every occupation has its hazards, Mm -hmm. occupational hazards, and that's one of mine. So, um, yeah, but I think the mushroom story,
1: Paul, was um, and and is fascinating. Mm. And let's see how it it, uh, unfolds. Let's see how it pans out, everyone. Mm. Let's see how it pans out. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. However... We will be back first thing next week as usual with a brand new episode of The Shadow Files. Hey, and also just quickly, uh, we hit 8 million downloads, everybody. So thank you so much for helping us reach that milestone. It's absolutely massive and we couldn't have done it without you. And you are all absolute legends. So here's to the next million. Uh, Well done, Dad. Well done. Thank you, Paul. And thank you, listeners. Thanks, everyone. I'm very grateful. Have a great weekend and we will see you very soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio.